Ministry is all that we do together. Ministry is that quality of being in communion that affirms human dignity, beckons forth hidden possibilities, invites us into deeper, more constant, reverent relationships, and carries forward our heritage of hope and liberation. Ministry is what we do together as we celebrate triumphs of our human spirits, miracles of birth and life, wonders of devotion and sacrifice. Ministry is what we do together with one another in terror and torment, in grief, in misery and pain, enabling us in the presence of death to say yes to life. We who minister speak and live the best we know with full knowledge that it's never quite enough. And yet are reassured by lostness found, fragments reunited, wombs healed and joy shared. Ministry is what we all do together. These opening words, famous words on ministry by Gordon McKeeman, set the tone for our service this afternoon. This will very much be a team effort, passing the mic from hand to hand through congregation members, ministerial colleagues, eventually to our minister, Jane herself. For anyone who doesn't know me, my name is Patricia Brewerton, and on behalf of our congregation, Kensington Unitarians, I'm delighted to welcome you all to this very special occasion, our induction service. Officially, and just a little bit belatedly, celebrating the start of this new ministry. Welcome to those of you joining us here in person at Essex Church in Kensington. It's wonderful to see the church so full of friends, old and new. And to those who are joining us via Zoom from far and wide. This induction service is unusual in several ways. As many of you know, Jane, our new minister, has already been here for 25 years. <laughs> Having arrived at Essex Church at the turn of the century. <laughs> and our congregation is unusual too. Over the last few years, we've become a hybrid congregation with active and involved members and friends joining us from all over the country and also overseas. As we set out on this next chapter of our story, it's both a time of change and a time of continuity. So, in the coming hour and a quarter or thereabouts, we'll set out our vision of ministry and our mission, what it is that this particular congregation is called to do at this particular moment in time. It seems appropriate at this point to share a message from Liz Slade, Chief Officer of our General Assembly of Unitarian and Free Christian Churches. 
sending blessings to our congregation on this special day. Liz writes, as Chief Officer of the General Assembly, I couldn't be happier to see Jane Blackall take her role as Minister with Kensington Unitarians. In a time of great change in our world and in our Unitarian movement, we are lucky to have five-sighted, thoughtful leaders like Jane, who can hold the threads of what they have learned from their deep connection with Unitarianism and weave with them new shapes that meet the spiritual needs of the communities around us. As Essex Church holds the flame of our first ever Unitarian congregation, I feel proud and inspired to see it being tended in a way that honors the past and lights the way into our future. And so, We'll light our cellist flame now, as we do each time we gather. This simple ritual connects us in solidarity with Unitarians and Unitarian Universalists the world over, and reminds us of the proud and historic progressive religious tradition of which we are a part. I'm going to invite the chair of our congregation, Liz Tucker, to come and light the flame. We light this chalice as a reminder of the tradition that holds us and the values and aspirations we share as a community. Our commitment to the common good, our search for truth and meaning, our care for those who are suffering, and our yearning for a better world that's yet to be, where all may know true freedom, justice, equality, and peace. May this small flame be for us a sign of faith, hope, and liberating love. Let us sing together now. Our first hymn is a favourite here at Essex Church and a favourite of Jane's. It's number 198 in the Purple Book, We'll Build Our Land. This hymn speaks of our collective aspiration as a church to help build a better world for all, to work for liberation, for justice and for peace. The words will be up on the screen if you're joining from home, stand or sit as you prefer and sing up.
Ministry is a quality of relationship between and among human beings that beckons forth hidden possibilities, inviting people into deeper, more constant, more reverent relationship with the world and with one another. Carrying forward a long heritage of hope and liberation that has dignified and informed the human venture over many centuries. Ministry is being present with, to and for others in their terrors and torments, in their grief, misery and pain, knowing that those feelings are our feelings too. Celebrating the triumphs of the human spirit, the miracles of birth and life, the wonders of devotion and sacrifice, witnessing to life-enhancing values, speaking truth to power, speaking for human dignity and equity, for compassion and aspiration, believing in life in the presence of death. Ministry is struggling for human responsibility against principalities and structures that ignore humaneness and become instruments of death. It is all these and much, much more than all of them present in the wordless, the unspoken, the ineffable. It is speaking and living the highest we know and living with the knowledge that it is never as deep or as wide 
or as high as we wish. Whenever there is a meeting that summons us to our better selves, wherever our lostness is found, our fragments are united, our wounds begin healing, our spines stiffen, and our muscles grow strong for the task, there is ministry. This reading by Unitarian Universalist Minister, Reverend Robert W. Carnan, reflects on his experience of ministry as a shared endeavor. He writes, what makes my experience in the ministry so hopeful for me is that I am not alone in this careful hearing of both pain and excitement. This is not something reserved for only one ordained and robed. It is something we all do for and with one another. Ours is a shared ministry, a giving, a receiving. We tell one another our stories, our myths, our innermost thoughts. And we seek to listen, if we can, with sensitivity and purpose and love. We live lives. We do not live creeds or theologies or even values. We are engaged with real events and people. And we are related torn and isolated together. We are at odds and we are sometimes very close. The spiritual center of our lives comes out of the openness and honest engagement, the courage and pain and the love we experience with one another. Sometimes that openness is searching and doubting confused or serene, ambivalent or empowered, but it is an openness nonetheless. And out of it comes a vision of a world made new by the reality of our lives, lived in the service of love and justice, of gentle goodness and forgiveness. A minister seeks to live in the struggle of each and every one of us as we seek to come to an understanding of who we are, where we are, how we are. A minister seeks to help us raise up the vision of where we must go as a people and invites us, if we need the invitation, to join hands and hearts with one another to get there. I've been to many induction services in my time, and they're great and wonderful events, from those of ministers I've hardly known, through my own first induction many years ago, to the induction services of those I hold in my heart as good friends. They're all different, and they can be both humbling and overwhelming. Yet these are events when we recognize not just the person standing center stage, 
but also the recognition of ministry in its many forms. Now we come now to a time of prayer and reflection. And I'm going to speak the words of the late Reverend Dr. Gordon McKeeman. You've heard several pieces from him already. Dr. Keeman was a well-respected figure in the Universalist and the Universalist, Unitarian Universalist movements with strong involvement in the development and training of ministers. But as part of that commitment to ministry, he was very vocal in his support for lay ministry, for the recognition that ministry is something that we all do, each and every one of us. He was a great advocate too for the emergence of leadership from within congregations. And as Patricia has reminded us, this is very much from within the congregation. As a movement, we're very clear the minister is not a priest. We all have access to that something greater. We all have the capacity to minister. So this is a prayer recognizing Jane's induction, yet it's also a prayer calling to every one of us present today, here and online. This is a prayer for any who minister. So let us join together in a time of prayer. O thou vast life in which our little lives dwell. O thou spirit who art parent to our spirits. We rejoice in one great truth that our little lives can be partners in great enterprises, that our little minds can contain great ideas, that our little hearts can engender great hopes, that our little spirits can conjure up great visions, that our greatness is not of size but of purpose, that our strength is not of numbers, but of intent. That our importance is not of duration, but of direction. In the quiet and confidence of our own hearts, we have committed ourselves to holy orders, to seek a world holy in a world fragmented, to seek peace in a world discontented, to seek sanity in a world oft demented, to seek health in a world oft tormented. In our hearts we need great courage, lest it desert us in peril. In our minds are shining visions. Let them not be tarnished by the smothering fog of the traffic and the obscuring mists of naysayings, doubts and fears. In our souls is the unquenchable impulse toward the holy. Let it ever remind us 
that the ministry is about wholeness, about healing, about health. Steal our wills to venture into dark, dismal, and dreadful places. May we hear the call to minister to the grieving, the confused, the bewildered, the bruised, the ecstatic, and the gloomy, the faithful, and the faithless. To the youngest, the oldest, and all the in-betweens, to the noble, the ignoble, and all the rest of us whose nobility is a sometime thing to the forbidding the boring, the forbearing to humans of every sort of condition. We ministers, with or without portfolio or title, are seekers. We seek the holy wheresoever it is hidden, to beckon it forth that it may shine with the ineffable splendor of human possibility and of human fulfillment. May we be reminded, now and then, that such revelation is reward enough, satisfaction enough, Paradise enough, heaven enough. And if, perchance, you are called reverend, may you have the grace to smile, remembering that you have been faithful to your calling, persistent in your search for wholeness, and committed to compassion for all. Amen. We come now to a hymn, Another Chance to Sing Together. And the words of this hymn by a Scottish Presbyterian minister, Horatius Boner, speak of some guiding aspirations that we might hold up in front of ourselves as we set out in ministry together. Particularly, of course, for this congregation and your new minister, Jane. Now, for Unitarian Completists, this is number 156 from your Green Books. But today, from your hymn sheets, and also up on the screen, feel free to stand or sit as you prefer for the harvest of truth.
On this day, when we celebrate our new ministry, it seems appropriate to hear something of our congregational vision from members of our church community. Last autumn, Jane reached out to all members of our congregation and invited them to contribute a sentence to a collective statement of our shared values and how we put them into action in the real world. The invitation was to identify a particular value that we feel is important to our vision and then spell out what that means in practice, in the way we conduct ourselves, the choices we make as a community, how we use our time, energy and resources, our priorities and commitments. We received a good number of responses back and Jane added a few of her own so that we've got about as many statements as we have signed up members right now. That's about 50 people. You might notice repetition or contradictions or things we've missed. We are human after all. The result is something which is perhaps a snapshot of a moment in time. With this year being the 250th anniversary of the first ever avowedly Unitarian service in the Essex Street Chapel, we are especially aware of our special place in a long and proud tradition and our responsibility to continue it. And we are also ready to embrace new ways of doing church in order to face the challenges and meet the needs of the 21st century and continue to serve generations yet to come. So I'm going to hand over to five members of our congregation now. Alex and Charlotte joining us online. Patricia, Brian and Juliet who are attending in person. And they will jointly read out this statement of our collective vision on behalf of the whole congregation. Alex, it's over to you. We know life can be hard to make sense of. So we come together to share the search for meaning. We value the opportunity to explore the meaning of spirituality. So we come together to share our experience, our doubts and beliefs. We value exploring all kinds of spirituality. So we demonstrate this with the variety of services we provide. 
we know the importance of the spiritual journey. So we encourage each other to seek inspiration and truth in many sources. We know regular spiritual practice helps us to live well. So we meet each week for prayer and reflection. We need help to find our way in life. So we connect with our North Star, which some of us call God, through prayer and regular worship, which help to guide us in our daily living. We seek a deeper relationship with God, so we gather for contemplative prayer and reflection in our heart and soul evenings. We know that there are many ways to approach the divine, so we're open to different forms of theological language and imagery. When exploring ultimate things and we practice translation to seek understanding. We seek wisdom from wherever it may be found, so we pay attention to scientists and philosophers as well as drawing from the world's faith traditions. We're here to learn and grow, so we offer encouragement and challenge for the sake of personal and collective transformation. We value kindness. So we are actively generous and considerate to everyone, especially when it is hardest to do so. We care about those who feel lonely or troubled. So we reach out to offer company and comfort. We value deep and personal connections with one another. So we use sessions like Heart and Soul to encourage participants to share their joys and sorrows, their struggles and frustrations, and their insights into the often bewildering human condition. We believe in being real with each other. So we practice being honest about the reality of our lives instead of always putting on a brave face and keeping up appearances. We know the value of contact and communication. So we aspire to speak our truth with love. We believe that learning to love each other's differences binds us together so that we can be a force for good in the world. We know that sometimes when people find our communities, they have been hurt. So we try to be a place of comfort for them, where they will be accepted and start to grow again. We know that everyone has different needs and preferences. So we remember the platinum rule and we strive to treat others as they would wish to be treated. We value ethical conduct and integrity, so we will conduct our congregational business and treat our workers in a way that embodies our values. 
We know that we are human and we will surely make mistakes along the way. So we strive to show generosity to each other when things go awry. To recognize our own missteps and seek repair and reconciliation. We care about human suffering, so we speak up and get involved in campaigns for social justice. We're concerned about the many threats to our environment, so we speak up and get involved in campaigns on these issues. We know that the climate emergency threatens all life, so we keep environmental issues as a central focus. We want to be inclusive, so we regularly ask, who's not here, and take constructive action to demonstrate our commitment to this inclusion. We believe in LGBTQ plus equality, so we proudly celebrate diversity and speak up for equal rights, hosting inclusive events for all the queer community and supporting our trans siblings. We care about racial justice, so we support anti-racist initiatives and strive to include ever more diverse voices in our worship and learning. We believe in disability justice and inclusion, so we are working to make our activities ever more accessible to people with all manners of disabilities, neurodivergence and health issues. We value truth-telling and integrity above conformity and respectability. So we're not afraid to stand up for our principles and we will do the right thing, even when it's counter-cultural or we're in the minority, in keeping with our non-conformist tradition. We believe in radical hospitality, so we aim to create a welcoming and non-judgmental space in which we all find support for our spiritual journey and a space where we can grow together. We value diversity in all its forms. So we make a space for the different kinds of community building, spiritual practice and worship that work best for each of us. We believe that everybody has wisdom and insight to share. So we encourage each other to make a creative contribution according to their talents. We value helping to create a better, more just world. So we take whatever action we are able to in order to make even a small difference. We value people taking an active role in worship, so we encourage them to participate and contribute. 
We know that it takes a lot of work to keep a congregation running, so we each play our part in the life of the church as best we can, offering our talents, sharing the load, and encouraging others. We love using music, poetry, and creativity as a connection to the light and love within us all. So we share this within our church activities. We value the power of music as part of life, so we include it in our worship, in our hymns, in our meditation, and in our celebrations. We realize that we are lucky to have inherited resources, including this beautiful building, which mean that we can afford to a paid ministry. So we do what we can to contribute to the wider movement and share our good fortune with others. We value being part of a historic and worldwide religious tradition, so we cultivate connections with our wider Unitarian and Free Christian movement and get involved in networks, meetings and events which keeps in touch with fellow Unitarians. We know that the world is ever changing, so we are open to changing the way we do things in order to stay true to our purpose and carry out our mission in changing times. We take our values seriously, so we live by them amongst ourselves and in the wider world. We value a sense of community, so we show up on a regular basis so we can be there for each other. We want to be inclusive, so we ask who's not here and make our gatherings more accessible. We value authentic sharing, so we hold space for telling the truth about our joys and sorrows. We know the importance of cultivating human connection, so we create space to regularly touch base with our true selves and connect with our fellow human beings in a genuinely loving community. We value being part of a community, the social connection, the sense of belonging, and being part of something bigger than ourselves. So we show respect, kindness, and support for one another. We value each other, so we create a nourishing community. We are concerned about the world beyond our doors, so we care about supporting the community that we live in, seeking what might be needed and helpful to others within our reach. We value outreach to those with no bricks and mortar church of their own, 
So we open our services to members who are geographically distant, the spiritually nearby. We value community connections on other days besides Sundays. So we get to know each other in all sorts of ways and are consequentially spiritually and emotionally uplifted. We know that sustaining community requires our presence and commitment. So we show up for each other and do what we can to help keep the show on the road in order to ensure that the church is still here in years to come for us and for future generations. Well, that's a snapshot of our congregational vision, what it is we do together here and why. We're moving into a time of meditation now. I'm going to share a brief quote for contemplation, a few words from Rebecca Parker, which are printed on the front of your order of service. And for people joining from home, you can find them along with the full service text on the church website. This quote was chosen by Jane as one which might say something about what it is we do together or what we might aspire to do together as we embark on this new ministry, sorry, new era of ministry in changing, challenging times. These words will take us into about three minutes of silence, which will end with the sound of a bell. Then we'll hear some music from our trio to continue the meditative mood. There's an additional invitation. As you hear these words about what a congregation might be, what it might enable for its, for its members, and what difference it might make to the wider world, you're invited to respond to these words on the star that's in your order of service. There's a pen underneath each chair. Or if you're at home, you can write something in the chat box. Reflect on your own hopes, dreams and aspirations for this church or any other community of practice you're part of. Jot something down, perhaps during the musical interlude or at some point later in the service. And we'll invite you to put your responses up on the wall in the hall after the service for all to see. So let's each do now what we need to do to get comfortable. Maybe put your feet flat on the floor to ground yourself, perhaps close your eyes and see what these words invoke in you. Rebecca Parker writes, congregations can be communities of resistance, countercultural habitations in which people learn ways to survive and thrive that can resist and sometimes even transform an unjust dominant culture an embodied experience of covenant and commitment, which ground life in shared rituals that nourish and strengthen people, spiritually, emotionally, psychologically, and intellectually, providing a deep foundation for courageous and meaningful living. So let's take these inspiring words into a few minutes of shared silence now.
We've heard a lot about ministry being a shared endeavour, all the readings and the words we've heard, and of course that's all true. Ministry is all that you will do as a congregation. But you have called Jane into a specific role. Jane has trained, done the sometimes arduous training of, and responded to the calling to be your minister. And so I'm delighted to offer these words specifically to Jane as a friend and a colleague. Words of blessing for priesthood and leadership by John O'Donoghue. Jane, may the blessings released through your hands cause windows to open in darkened minds. May the sufferings your calling brings be but winter before the spring. May the companionship of your doubt restore what your beliefs leave out. May the secret hungers of your heart harvest from emptiness its sacred fruit. May your solitude be a voyage into the wilderness and the wonder of God. May your words have the prophetic edge to enable the heart to hear itself. May the silence where your calling dwells foster your freedom in all you do and feel. May you find words full of divine warmth to clothe the dying in the language of dawn. May the slow light of communion be a sure shelter around your future. May you treasure the gifts of the mind through reading and creative thinking so that you continue as a servant of the frontier where the new will draw its enrichment from the old. And may you never become a functionary. Jane. May you know the wisdom of deep listening and the healing of wholesome words. May you know the encouragement of the appreciative gaze, the decorum of held dignity, the springtime edge of the bleak question. May you have a mind that loves frontiers so that you can invoke the bright fields that lie beyond the view of the regular eye. Jane, may you have good friends, there's a few here, to mirror your blind spots. And may leadership be for you a true adventure of growth. May it be so. Amen. ministers these days can you sorry it's there in clear instructions so yes we're going to sing again and our next hymn is a classic for occasions like this wake now my senses number 181 in the purple book and it speaks of all those values which might guide us in our ministry love care compassion conscience truth justice 
and reason. And to confuse things, we're going to sing it to the traditional one, probably better well-known tune of Slain. So if you do read music it, printed in the book, just don't today. <laughs> just follow everybody else and hope they've got it right. So um, stand or sit as you're able for 181, Wake Now My Senses. services traditionally include what is called a charge to the minister and a charge to the congregation. Two ministers are invited to preach short sermons, one directed at the minister and one at the congregation, sharing wisdom and encouragement for each as they embark on the new ministry together. In keeping with the rest of this service, we're doing something slightly different in that the charge to the minister and the charge to the congregation you're about to hear have been created collaboratively to reflect this notion of ministry being all that we do together. 
Jane invited colleagues who she'd worked and studied alongside to contribute, and 12 responded. Reverends Michael Lurid, Elizabeth Bertels, Stephanie Bisbee, Daniel Costley, Kate Dean, Robin Hanford, Linda Hart, Bob Janice, Lindy Latham, Maud Robinson, Sarah Tinker, and me, Elizabeth Harley. Michael, Stephanie, Rory, and I, as fellow members of the Ministers Covenant Group that Jane has been a part of since she started ministry training, we will share these words on behalf of our ministerial colleagues, who are all at different stages in their journey, some just starting out, um, some retired, and some in between. You may notice some recurring themes, hard-won wisdom from their many years combined experience, and perhaps things we wish we and our congregation had been told and taken heed of when starting out in ministry. It is my great pleasure to deliver this collaborative charge to the congregation. Some thoughts for members of this church, Kensington Unitarians, to remember and to take to heart wisdom about ministry which will stand you all in good stead for the years to come. Ministry is all that we do together. We should not overstate the role of the minister with a capital M, the person we pay to do the work, the person that we call, the person the world looks to as our representative. The minister cannot operate without the support of the congregation, nor can they carry the entire burden of the ministry. Everyone has strengths and weaknesses. Everyone has different gifts. And many ministries, not just one, are needed for a church to thrive. And yet, we should not underestimate either the importance of having one person whose influence shapes the direction of a congregation and draws its many threads together encouraging what is needed in the congregation to grow and develop and take its best form. Ministry is all that we do together, and we do it better when ministry in all its forms is valued, appreciated and celebrated. You this congregation of diverse individuals assembled at Essex Church and increasingly diverse ways as Kensington Unitarians, you are called to function as one community, united in heart and soul, in recognizing the need for leadership, you have reached out for learned ministry and have invited Reverend Dr. Jane Blackall, my friend, to fulfill that role. In return, you must fulfill your role 
in recognising that ministry is never the task of one person. You are called to support Jane in her ministry and work for your congregation's future together in recognising that ours is a free religious faith, you are called to the responsibility to act with honesty and integrity, to speak your mind in truth and in love at appropriate times and in appropriate places. Your minister is a human being like all of us, with human frailties, may you be kindly with any admonishment and generous in your encouragement. May you always ask yourselves and each other, whose am I as a partner to who am I? Ours is an enabling faith if we travel the road in partnership to weather life's storms. The promise of our faith well lived is not being worn down by weariness in our aloneness. Rather, it is receiving sustenance and strength from our mutual encouragement to travel onwards as we endeavour to build beloved community together. May this be your shared work, your common mission, where one's better selves have a chance to survive. There is a question you might find it helpful to ask yourselves frequently, be it hourly or daily or weekly or monthly or annually. Ask yourselves inwardly, what matters now? And sometimes you may have to wait a while for clarity to emerge in response to that question. You will be tempted at times to demand perfection of Jane in her ministry. And there will be occasions where you feel that she has let you down. There are then moments, moments of true fragility and humanity. Jane, your minister, will be perfect in her imperfections. It is for you to recognise the imperfections within yourself that make you perfect too. Do not tut or sigh or shake your head. Instead, Respond as you would, as you would wish to be responded to, and take heart from the love that Jane truly brings to this place. Remember that your minister is a breakable human being, as well as a resilient and creative pastor. Remember and honour all the ministry that Jane does on your behalf outside of the congregational setting. Heart and soul, summer school 
and many other things. And remind her to take time to minister to her own soul, mind and body. We live in troubled times. Humanity faces such serious challenges in, in and in the unknown that lies ahead and change seems very necessary now in all aspects of society, including religious communities such as ours. As a congregation, you may find yourselves grieving the old times. Sadness is so understandable in times of change, for something is always lost and will not be retrieved, and yet something new beckons, beckons us all, something at present unknown and uncertain, and yet filled with possibility. There is no map, no blueprint for the path that lies ahead, but with love and compassion in our hearts, as our guides, this congregation, this beloved congregation of Kensington Unitarians, along with Jane as your new minister, will find your way to create beloved community, a community which welcomes all who seek connection, connection with one another and with that which holds us all. To create a beloved community, every voice here is cherished and heard. Do use your voice to lift up everyone, including your minister. Perhaps by sharing the little things out loud that bring you joy about their ministry and smiling your encouragement during a service. The role of a minister, your minister, is complex and demanding, needing the support and encouragement of the whole community. There is much teamwork needed in creating a healthy, welcoming congregation. You all have a part to play. You are very fortunate, very fortunate to have an extraordinary minister who I'm proud to call my friend Jane. Jane will fail utterly at being James Martineau or God or the projection of your parents <laughs> or Sarah Tinker. <laughs> but with your help and the grace of the divine mystery, she will be, she will be amazing, amazingly successful at being the Reverend Dr. 
Jane Blackall. out the extraordinary in you too, dear ones. So do this ministry together. Trust each other, offer grace extravagantly, keep faith with the process and with each other. Share your vision, your time, your energy and your whole self. When, if not, when, not, not if, something goes wrong. But when it does go off the rails, listen, listen harder, love more, forgive abundantly, and start again. And I'm delighted to offer this charge to the minister. Some things for Jane to remember and to take to heart, which will stand her in good stead for the years to come. It is an honor to be a minister. You have been chosen by these people to offer your love and support, as well as your many skills. As you build this community of caring and understanding together, you are called to bring courage and comfort to your community. While caring for others, may you remember to care for your own soul and body. Try to remind yourself of the importance of being present in each moment as you minister to souls in pain and sorrow, as you minister with souls in joy and activity. Be present with your own soul in both your anxiety and exhaustion, and in your joy and in your laughter. And listen to your own needs as you listen to the needs of others. Jane, you are called to contribute to the continually developing practice of our religious tradition, to innovate, and respond as circumstances demand while being ever mindful of our heritage. You are called to boldly and ethically lead your congregation into the future while ever being a source of insight and guidance, kindling precious moments of beloved community that will one day be embodied the world over. In the joys and sorrows of your congregation, you are called to be present with them in solidarity, offering a vision of liberation that is both prophetic and pastoral. May you be inspired by the revolutionary example of Jesus as you seek to live out your true calling despite the world's harshness so that others may see in your presence that of the divine spirit that dwells within us all. You will be tempted at times 
to demand perfection of yourself in your ministry. There will be occasions where you feel you have let the congregation and yourself down. These are then moments of true fragility and humanity, reflecting the sometimes weary exasperations of the everyday and the frustrations of all who strive to rise above yet find that ledge forever out of reach. Remember, we are each perfect in our imperfections. Take heart that you are part of creation as are all around you. It is through your love of all creation, not your unreachable perfection, that you might inspire, nourish, and comfort those to whom you minister. Allow your congregation to be imperfect too, as individuals and as a whole community, for we all have feet of clay. And yet keep striving and aiming high. Keep speaking out with the prophetic voice that religious leaders the world over have found to express humanity's divine potential. Aim high and expect things to go wrong. Those blundering moments in our congregational life are gifts from God to keep us on our toes and keep us laughing and crying alongside our community. Jane, your role as minister comes with a cast iron guarantee that our best laid plans are designed to make God smile. But that doesn't mean that we stop planning because our world needs all the positive planning it can get. And my goodness, God needs more to smile about. There is so much that goes into ministry that isn't visible to the community as a whole. Please know that we appreciate everything you do. We are your most enthusiastic champions, waving pom-poms and cake. <laughs> when you are doubting yourself and your ministry, remember that there is a community of colleagues, lay and ministerial, who hold you in respect and love. Trust yourself as we trust you. Ministry is so wonderfully multivarious, so awfully complicated, so utterly bizarre that I found it easiest to oversimplify it to a simple sentence. Ministry is to be spiritual in public, to be fully ourselves in the presence of another and in the service of another is a truly sacred act. In order to be spiritual in public and not just to fake it artfully, we need to be spiritual in private. So don't skimp on the jigsaw puzzles thrilling bike races, or time in the garden, Jane. But then go out there and fulfill your only ministerial responsibility to allow the fullness of yourself to serve the beloved, or just whatever lucky soul happens to be in the way that day. On behalf of all our ministerial colleagues, we offer blessings on you, Jane, and on your congregation here at Essex Church. 
as you officially embark on this new ministry together. It's my turn then. <laughs> Thanks to everyone who's contributed to today's proceedings in whatever way, and everyone who's paved the way to this moment down the years. It has been a long road. So as we move towards the conclusion of today's service, I'm going to invite you to join in a time of prayer for this ministry, a prayer of commitment, a prayer of intention, a prayer for the years to come. There is a responsive part to this prayer which is printed on the back of the hymn sheet so you might want to have that to hand and the words will also be up on screen when the time is right. But for now, let's do what we need to do to get into the right state of body and mind to pray together. Perhaps there's a posture that feels more prayerful, you might close your eyes. Let's truly settle into this moment, be fully present in this sacred time and space on this very special day. Let's feel the connection with ourselves and with each other and with that which lies within us and beyond us. Spirit of life, God of all love, in whom we live and move and have our being. We turn our attention to you, the light within and without, as we tune into the depths of this life and the greater wisdom to which and through which we are all so intimately connected. Be with us now as we allow ourselves to drop into the silence and the stillness at the very centre of our being. On this special day, we have much to be thankful for. We give thanks for this congregation's Unitarian forebears for the long line of ministers who have served this church since Theophilus Lindsay first founded the Essex Street Chapel 250 years ago. All those spiritual leaders who have steered this community across the generations and offered their prophetic witness to the times in which they lived. And we give thanks for all those trustees and committee members, all those volunteers who have done so much hard work, often unnoticed work behind the scenes to keep this show on the road through hard times and good. Through their wise and faithful stewardship, we have inherited the resources that we need to help us meet the challenges of the present day. And we give thanks for this present moment, for the joy of gathering together with mem members, friends, colleagues, and supporters from near and far to affirm and celebrate this new chapter in the life of our church, to draw courage and inspiration from our companions on the journey, and to pledge our hearts and hands to our shared ministry and mission. So in that spirit, I invite you to join, if you wish, with the responsive prayer of commitment. Join in with the words in bold if you'd like to. 
spirit of life, God of all love, we ask for your blessing on this congregation and our shared ministry and mission. Help us to flourish and thrive. Empower us to fulfill our calling. May this be a community of spiritual commitment, somewhere we go to reconnect with what matters most in life. Encourage us to seek your daily guidance. Inspire us to pray always. May this be a community of care and compassion, a safer, softer, kinder space, a holy house of sanctuary. Grant us the spirit of generosity in our listening and speaking. May this be a community of authentic connection and realness, where we can show up as our true selves and share our stories. Help us to open our hearts to each other, reveal our common humanity. May this be a community of learning, growth and transformation in which we are encouraged to use and develop our own unique gifts. Guide us toward new horizons, cause onward to greater heights and depths. May this be a community of resistance and liberation, a church where we speak and act for equality and justice. Awaken in us the insight, strength and courage to serve the greater good. Spirit of life, God of all love, we commit ourselves to this shared ministry Bless the work of our hearts, minds and hands in the years to come. Amen. Time for one last hymn. This is number 200 in your purple books if you're in the church. What does the Lord require? A question I hope will keep front and centre in our minds in the years to come. And if the language doesn't work for you, what does God or love or justice require of us in each moment? That's a question to keep coming back to. The words will be up on screen as usual. Sing up, it's a big finish. <laughs>
So just before we close, I want to thank everyone for being here today, whether you're in person or online. Um, thanks especially to everyone who's played any part in making this such a special occasion. Our readers, musicians, tech hosts, greeters, tea and coffee makers, cake bakers, sandwich makers, arrangers of chairs and of flowers, those who put the bunting up and so much more. Uh, we have got a vast, vast quantity of cake, so please do hang around for tea and a good catch-up with friends, old and new. And we've got some takeaway boxes, so just don't leave us with too much for tomorrow. <laughs> so just some closing words and closing music now. We're about to extinguish our chalice flame, but its light will shine on, burning within each and every one of us as faith and hope and liberating love. So in the days and months and years to come, may we always be guided by the light of this inner beacon, reminding us of the community that we have found here and recalling us to our highest aspirations, what we might be together. And may that be so for the greater good of all. Amen. Amen. Thank you.